Welcome to Love is Blind, the unofficial podcast, your source for Love is Blind USA updates. Today, we're diving into the final episodes before the season finale. Join us as we discuss the intense cast mixer and the emotional final days before the wedding. Spoiler alert, there are going to be major season finale spoilers that we're going to talk about from things that we're seeing online. So if you're not caught up, now's the time to catch up on the episodes and the drama on Reddit. Let's jump in and explore the drama, love, and surprises of Love is Blind. Woo! Woo! (laughs) Finally, this mixer. Right. I was, frankly, really disappointed last week when we didn't get the whole cast get together. Me too. You know, that that was a train wreck, and I cannot wait to get there. But this very first scene with Jeremy and his mom, how embarrassing. Girl. How embarrassing. So, like, when we look at the scene with Jeremy and his mom, I find his mom to be really amusing. Like, you can tell from the jump she is not amused by this. She's being kind exactly. of, like, obstinate with him the entire time. But when she tells him, like, you're lucky it wasn't me, I was crying. Like, not your mom coming for you too, buddy. Exactly. Exactly. And and I'm saying, like, how embarrassing for Jeremy. Right. Not, not his mom. Because, honestly, she seems pretty cool. So I have to wonder what went wrong with Jeremy. Like, like could you imagine where- your kid wrapping you up in their drama like this? Like... Okay, so I'm going to drop my fiance that I've been with and, you know, her kid. I'm going to drop them. And then a couple weeks later, I'm going to get engaged again. And then I'm going to need you to come on one of Netflix's biggest push shows and talk about how happy you are for me. Right. After him acting a total fool. Yeah. And this is all while he's also explaining to his mom how he fucked it up with the current fiance with another woman and she like the look on her face is just like who are you like dude your mom's not even backing you up here right he says i acknowledge how it looks but this is just insanity to me because saying i acknowledge how it looks is just this very placating like oh like shucks the situation took a turn how could that happen like no inward thinking not focusing on himself at all jeremy strikes me as the type of mediocre white man who's never had to stand up for himself in a relationship like he just does whatever the fuck he wants yeah definitely his pairing with laura was it didn't work, in my opinion, because Laura holds him accountable for his actions and she's not going to she's not going to allow him to treat her that way. I mean, I don't think she's like this stellar, wonderful person that I would want to be friends with. She's a bit much for me. But Jeremy is just, oh, my God, what what a delusional, mediocre man. Oh, yeah. You know, he definitely hits for me as somebody who has learned to mimic healthy communications in order to better hide their bad behavior more efficiently. Yes. Because he's always got some like very reasonable retort to everything that anyone says. And here and there, he'll occasionally be like, well, I was wrong. I shouldn't have handled it like that. 
but you never see any update to his behavior. He keeps cycling through the same behavioral pattern. And I'm going to be honest with you. Could you imagine being Sarah Ann and just dying to be with this guy? How embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to do that when it's not being displayed on a major platform. <laughs> but it's another thing Look. to chase him down like this when the whole fucking world is watching and digging up dirt on him as we go. And she's still like, that's my man. I love him. This is tangential, but I keep up a lot of the time on the highest viewed shows not so much that I watch all of them, but I'm periodically looking at the Nelson ratings and how many people tune in and watch television right. via all streaming platforms. Love is Blind is consistently up there. Every time that they release a new season, it's one of the top shows in the world. Okay. Like, it is up there. It is up there. So these people coming on this show acting ridiculous, I'm at a loss for words. Like, how could you not be embarrassed for yourself knowing that there are millions and millions of people watching you act a damn fool? Do you think that some of these people don't actually comprehend how much viewership this show has? I think the men don't. I think the men don't okay. because this might not be something that they would watch. So on that side, I don't think they know. The women, though, I, I feel like any woman in like a certain age bracket, this show will pop up on your feed at some point. If you're on social media, if you're on TikTok, if you're on Reddit, wherever you hang out, like your social space online – I feel like you can't get away from at least seeing some people talking about Love is Blind. If you walked into it knowing nothing, I would just have to assume you don't use social media. Yeah, you know, that's actually a good point to make because there was a point in, I do believe, episode 11. It's where Clay and AD are at their apartment and they're talking and he mentions like, well, yesterday I actually went back and watched other seasons. <laughs> like I watched some other stuff from Love is Blind and he kind of presented it in a way where I was like, have you never watched the show before? <laughs> I I mean, it's, it's plausible. It is. It is. But I also think it's funny because I think we like this show because, of course, like there's the drama, but also it's this like deep insight into how people think and act. And it's really interesting from like a sociological standpoint. But something that I think is kind of funny is that if you're a man, watching something like this might be like less than you know, like television shows, books, movies that are marketed to women. I think from the standpoint of many men, it's not worth their time. It's not quality entertainment or something like right. that. So I, I just, I don't know. It's interesting. It's very interesting to me that a lot of these men are like, oh, I'm, I just watched the season or acting a fool, not realizing how many people are tuning in every week to watch you act an ass. That's half of the attraction to the show. I mean, we have like the anthropological <laughs> experiment side of it, but then there's the other side of it, which is 
that people do routinely choose to come on to the show and display their worst qualities to the world. Yeah. And I assume some people like Amy and Johnny are a perfect example, but to me, they both came onto the show really genuinely looking to find a partner. Definitely. And, like, that's it. It definitely, that's it. yeah. But some of these other people, you don't know if it's for a little bit of notoriety, if they want more followers on social media, or if this can somehow jumpstart their career to become, I don't know, a podcaster, influencer, whatever. Like, it's... It is just, it's wild how, as the popularity for the show grows, I wonder how much harder it's going to be casting people like Amy or Johnny who actually want in because they are looking for a connection with someone. You know, my next question for you was going to be like, do you think that this far into Love is Blind, like we're six seasons into USA now? Like, do you think that as a franchise that it's going to become inevitable for it to turn into a show of mostly clout chasers? And can the show I mean, even retain authenticity and integrity at this level of popularity? Like we talked about, you know, a couple minutes ago that it's at a global popularity level. It comes in high on the Nelson ratings. Like I've noticed that since these episodes have been dropping, it has maintained its position in the top 10 television shows for each day on Netflix. I think like yeah. today while we're recording, it's ranked at number three. I think it will always maintain popularity. But as far as integrity, I think as long as they are able to cast a handful of people who are really authentically looking for a relationship it will do okay. But what I fear is that we're going to have a season where it is just no marriages, you know, no one gets to the altar. What do they do in the event that all couples break it off at some point, like before they get to the altar? Like what, what type of season can they concoct if it turns out, you know? Right. <laughs> They get a really train wreck of a season where nobody makes it past the vacation or past the point of meeting each other as families and friends. I don't know. You know, um, this actually makes me think of that. Those like the cliff notes of Jessica's interview that she did recently with the Vial Files. And in that interview, she talked about discussing the fact that she was already a mother. She says that Nick Lachey's response was, if you're not pissing people off, you're not doing this right. So okay. that does kind of well, speak to like with Nick and Vanessa being kind of at the helm, this is their production. It does speak to like what they're looking for out of these seasons. They want personalities who are going to cause disruption with the viewers. Yeah. So maybe that is, maybe there is more, much more of a methodical way to cast this show where they want like a handful of people who are really genuinely in it. And then they just want some wild card members where it's like, okay, we need a villain this season. And this person has potential that <laughs> you know and there's also been a lot of talk this season like online of some of the cast members being recruited versus applying 
And I think that there is a big difference when you have people who are applying to be on the show and then when casting is reaching out on social media to people being like, hey, do you want to be on this show? Yeah, absolutely. It's just going to be difficult for them to weed out exactly what the intentions of the people that are cast really are. And it takes me back to Trevor's text conversation with his ex-girlfriend, which I'm assuming is real. We, You know, allegedly, I think it is, but... Well, I will say this. It's at a level of exposure right now that does lend itself to being credible because she really would be putting herself up for a defamation lawsuit if this wasn't credible information. Right. But in this text conversation, he said, like, I met with one of the guys. I can't remember if it was like on the plane or en route to like where they were filming or whatever. And we both agreed we're not saying yes at the altar like we both agreed why we're here so I mean it does seem like there are more than one (laughs) yeah there's more than one plant in the show right right and it's just it it is what it is but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for the future you know speaking of Trevor right there um I gotta tell you for Everything that we've seen come out after the first blocks of episodes were aired about him and how he moves about as a person in his day-to-day life. I got to say that the mask that he presented on this show was really well-crafted. Oh, absolutely. Like, if it had not blown up in his face the way it did, he would have ended up leaving this season as, like, this season's sweetheart kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now he's going to go down as one of the most nefarious people to ever be on there. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what he looks like, how he presents on Perfect Match, which we absolutely will be covering when it comes out. But I do want to segue to AD and her mother and the introduction to Clay. Yeah. So when he's talking with both of them, Clay, he says he was coming into this looking for someone with adaptability and someone to be his friend. And that just felt like weird qualities, I guess, adaptability. To me, that sounds like you want someone who will change their life so that it fits in with yours. Like he wants someone flexible to like come into his world and just do do things his way is almost what it felt like for me. Well, if you think about it, what we're seeing from Clay now is a very different person than we were seeing in the beginning of this season. Now that we're back in Charlotte and things are getting back to day-to-day life, we're seeing business Clay now. He seems much more right. serious. He does seem more introverted at this point. Like from what we know, he works a lot. He's got his software tech sales. He has another business where he does Airbnbs and aquatic vehicle rentals, you know, jet skis, boats, that kind of thing. He seems very organized, too, down to like even telling AD like, hey, we've got this lake party today. I'm going to be here. You know, I know that you have to work, so maybe you should park at this dock with me. That way, when it's time to go, you can just, you know, get to going. So we're seeing that side of him and like it does kind of lend itself to that adaptability he's talking about because he does seem to have two very different modes of operation. 
Yeah. From what we've seen, especially in this episode, he's an overthinker and he tends to spiral in his own thoughts from what it looks like to me. I can't quite pinpoint Clay because in the pods, maybe it was something, you know, like he was real loose. Maybe it was the alcohol, you know, like we got to see a bit more of an extroverted side with him as he was developing his relationship with AD. And now that we're back to reality, he does have this like very focused, almost overthinking, anxiety, anxiety riddled, riddled side to him. Yeah. When he first came into it, I thought he was a much different person. Same. But it makes me wonder if he came into this for the clout and ended up really liking AD, but deep down knowing he's not truly ready for marriage. Because the way that he's explaining himself and saying like, oh, you know, like my parents' relationship was bad, they got divorced. I mean, okay, that, you know, that sucks. And it's definitely an issue that he needs to work through. But as he's repeating this, it really, to me, seems like he's trying to announce to AD, I'm not ready for marriage. I have anxieties about it. And he says other things later down the line where I'm like, why are you here, bud? Like, you know you're not ready for marriage. You're spiraling right now. Talking about like, oh, I like cheating. I'm afraid of cheating. And it's like, well, then don't cheat. Like, you know who you are best. Don't come into this. If you can't make the leap. Right. And I don't think it's because he doesn't think he and AD are compatible. I just think he knows deep down he's not ready for marriage. Like, period. Yeah, I would agree there. And I think that you can see some of that come out in him in the conversation with AD's mother. Her mother said some really beautiful things about relationships being work to be successful But I feel like she also said them without having the full picture of why Clay feels so apprehensive. Like, do you think that she would have been so encouraging of AD to hang in there with him if she'd known Clay's biggest concern is whether or not he can be in a monogamous relationship because of the things that he experienced in his parents' relationship? No, I think she would have came at things a little bit different. But also, I adore AD. But in this situation, the way that she was like building him up and speaking so highly of him, it really shows how she feels about him. But I do think that she has blinders on a little bit where it seems to me he keeps announcing things that should be a red flag for her. And she kind of is seeing it, but is still like really pushing and like, if I just you know, more encouragement, more, you know, like she's just throwing herself into it even harder. And I'm legitimately scared for her because after this situation, I, this conversation with her mother, I just don't see Clay saying yes. I think AD will say yes. I don't think Clay will say yes. I don't think he's ready. I don't think Clay should say yes if he isn't ready. Clay doesn't come across as a horrible person, but Clay does come across on the show as somebody who might have preemptively signed up for the show. Like he's finding out while he's in the middle of this experiment, he's like, oh shit, I have a lot of work to do that I haven't done. And it's really becoming something that's like in the forefront of my mind right now. And as we see that happening, we also see his apprehension continue to grow with that. 
Yeah, the stress is getting to him like each day. <laughs> I'm also an overthinker. So in Clay's position, I don't know if I would be doing anything differently. Like if I were in a place where I wasn't ready for this, I would probably tend to do a lot of oscillating back and forth like he is. Right. But I think, yeah, but I think in your case, you would have overthought the process so thoroughly. I never would have made it there. Yeah, I never would have made it there. (laughs) So when we're looking at like that conversation that they're having and I commend AD for telling Clay up front that if he says no at the altar, they are not going to continue with the relationship. Yes. I mean, that pretty much ends like their block before the lake party. Oh, yeah. But she does not want to be a long-term fiancé. And when she tells him that, it's like he never in a million years, like, thought that that would be a situation for them. You know, like, I think he almost felt like this is the backup plan. Like, I'm not going to say yes, but, you know, maybe she'll she'll come around to this idea of like, well, we found ourselves We're we make a good team. We make a good, flexible, you know, (laughs) team someone who's very adaptable to my style to my life and when she said no he was like oof okay shit well like to me that was like oh well I guess it's over (laughs) yeah I mean I I don't I will say this like we've seen in a lot of other seasons that some of the couples who say no continue to see each other after yeah and so I could see him being like, well, I'm not ready to get married right now, but maybe we could later. But I also greatly understand her want to not be a long-term fiance because that's easily where it could head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to circle back to Amy's dad. I think that we don't get a lot of time to really discuss Amy and Johnny because they're kind of boring. They're just so yeah, they're. I mean, in comparison, they're kind of boring because they're so easy. Right, you know? it's just like, oh, they're a couple. They're in it to win it. They're gonna go all the way. But I really did think that this meeting with her father, you can tell that she comes from a really encouraging, loving family, and the way that her father treats her with like respect, and he's like, he's so proud of her. And just, like, the way that he was, like, he grabbed her hand and kissed her hand. I was, like, man, you know, like, that, to me, really shows why Amy is like she is. Like, she seems like she has this very secure foundation in her life, in her childhood. I don't know. It speaks volumes, in my opinion. I really enjoy how Amy and Johnny are really talented at staying out of the explosive drama that's happening. Oh, they same. just exist same. within proximity to it. And it's really impressive. Oh, yeah. There was a situation when Jeremy shows up at the lake party. Oh, the lake. Party. And yeah. <laughs> and there was a situation where Jeremy was just running his mouth and Jimmy was like, I don't even want to be a part of this conversation. Like, I don't want to speak to him. And Johnny was like, me neither. And they just kind of like, Johnny is like, exit stage left. Like, I'm out of this bullshit. Like, this is too much. I'm not here for that. No, no, because Jeremy is a lunatic. So he's a torrential (laughs) storm of bullshit. Yes. Yes. 
are we going to talk about the lake party now? <laughs> yeah, I just want to touch on Chelsea and Oh, Jimmy. I actually have a lot uh, to say about Chelsea and Jimmy. Yeah, so they have this big blow up. Where you know, she's of course, before the- drunk and worked into a tither again. Yeah, and like everything's great. They have a fight. I have to wonder, though, if she's over. Okay, so this they're. Chelsea is, oh my God. Like, I see certain things from her perspective where I'm like, okay, yes, that makes sense. I would be upset about that too. But then she does other things where I'm like, are you okay? This is not healthy how you're acting. So, with Chelsea, whether the alcohol gets her to a place to speak up or it's fanning flames is unknown. But either way, her drinking before she has these conversations is not helping anything. And quite frankly, if I were Jimmy, I would have already cut this off. You getting drunk and coming at me aggressively is never going to work for me. Right, right. But I also think that it's very possible that Jimmy misrepresented himself in the pods. Because from what we've seen, he didn't approach this in a way that's like, hey, me and my friends were a package deal, you know? That sounds like something someone in their 20s would say. Right. And I think if he would have said that, she would have been like, no, this, you know, this, this doesn't work for me. And they would have went their separate ways in the pods. So in this situation in the pods, if he would have said, hey, one of my best friends that I speak to every single day, we're attached <laughs> at the hip. They're like a huge part of my life. It's a woman that I've slept with. Just once, according to him. Just once. But I will continue to be friends with this woman. And there's nothing that will stand in between that. Like, I come with my friends. She's one of them. She will be in my life regardless of the woman that I'm with or that I marry. I think if he would have been, like, straight up and said something like that, I can't see her being like, oh, yeah, this will work. Like, I really don't. But at the same time, maybe, like, she is just that whimsical that she would think, oh, it'll be fine, it'll work, or I can change him. You know, like, I don't know. But the way that she acted was a mess. But there's also this side of Jimmy where he does things that make me, like, I literally just want to like, kick him in the kneecap because I've had people in a relationship say something similar to me where I was like, oh, no. Like, who do you think you are? Where he says he's, like, pacing, and he's like, fine, fine. I'll, I'll, step, I'll step back from yeah. hanging out with my girlfriends if that's what you want. Is, is that what you want? Is that what you want? And she's like, of course that's what I want. And then he's like, oh, well, I'm not willing to take that step back. And it's like, what the fuck kind of conversation is this, Jimmy? What is this? So he makes this big show about – Her asking him to take a step back or when she says, yeah, I want you to do that. He realizes he can't bully her out of wanting it. So he says, well, I'm not doing that. Like, okay, don't, dude. But don't pretend that you're going to compromise as some sort of manipulation. And I understand that she's upset that Jimmy has slept with one of the women that he brought to the Meet the Friends event. And as we know, apparently he was honest with her about that after the fact. 
It's an issue for her. He's unwilling to take a step back. At this point, the ball is in Chelsea's court. And instead of making a decision for herself, being like, this is a boundary for me. And if this is how it's going to be, I'm going to remove myself from it. She continues to argue with him as though he's going to magically become this person that she wants. Right. I'm not a fan of Jimmy by any means. I've made that beyond clear. For a long time, he was public enemy number one for me. But quite frankly, if I were Jimmy, I would break up with her over the attacking me while drunk. And then like almost immediately the following day, we're looking at a discussion between them where Jimmy expresses that because of everything that's happened so far, he doesn't think that he feels comfortable getting married to Chelsea because he can't trust her judgment, which is quite frankly, a very fair thing for him to say, because she oscillates a lot of back and forth about how she's like super in love with him. And then she's super unhappy with him. And it's all of these like feelings that are everywhere. Her whimpering responses about how she needs to know that he's not going to throw in the towel just because she had a bad night and delivered her feelings poorly sent me over the edge. This would have been the point for me where I inform her that I've had beyond enough of her cycle of being aggressive while lost in her feelings and then fawning at me when it goes poorly. Like she goes on to talk about how marriages work while also completely bypassing that this little hiccup, as she calls it, is not actually that little in the grand scheme of how long they've been in a relationship. Right. And it's telling that she continues to refer to these incidents as conversations and not arguments. Right. And how are they going to work out? They have a lot of like inherent conflict between them due to their personalities and their worldviews. Yeah, and Chelsea's a, she's like a sensor and a feeler. Like right. it is just, and when the alcohol is joined <laughs> with those two aspects of her personality, it is. It's annoying for me. So much. It is so much. I can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tolerate it either. But I would have never tolerated Jimmy in the first place. Yeah, so. I wouldn't have tolerated the behavior from either of them. Right. This this relationship is in the trash for me. I, I don't see this going anywhere. They'll probably say no. At this point, for their own sakes, I hope they say no. Exactly. Yeah. But we should probably talk about this lake day. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I want to talk about is Chelsea and Trevor. Oh, Oh. I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know how it was for you, but their meeting each other at the lake party was kind of difficult for me to objectively view because of everything we already know about Trevor. All I can think is great mask, buddy. You fooled everyone. Yeah, I sent you a screenshot of him like where there's very clearly someone behind him with a camera and he's like looking past Chelsea almost at the camera and then puts his arms behind his head and flexes. And I was like, this is flexing so... for the camera. <laughs> Literally flexing for the camera. Like, oh, I got to show off my biceps. I got here. a question. You think he has chat GPT, write His speeches ahead of time. <laughs> because if I were chat him, GPT. I would have chat GPT helping me out. He's just there. And look, he did such a good job, too, because had I not seen anything from him or his ex, I would have still been feeling bad for him. Oh, same. Where he's like, I bawled my eyes out. I would have been like, oh, my God, like, what a sweet guy. Poor Trevor, man. Poor Trevor. Poor Trevor. Yeah, because at the end of the day, most of what we're going on from these people 
when the shows first get going is what we're seeing on screen. It isn't until, you know, a couple drops in that we start seeing people in their lives pop up and be like, well, actually. And I got to be honest with you, as far as like people popping up after the fact, Trevor has to be one of the most like shocking revelations to be like, wow, it really was all a performance. Yeah. This was all planned top to bottom. Yeah, tap dancing his way to perfect match. <laughs> flexing his way to perfect match. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's flexing his way into different pools of Netflix shows. I got a question, though. Do you think this is all to, like, promote his, like, is he a personal trainer or something? Is this to promote his gym stuff? I don't know. Either that or just to promote himself on social media as, like, a gym influencer. Okay. I mean, there is not a lot of people that I follow on social media from these shows outside of Dom Gabriel from Perfect Match. Dom is a national treasure. He is. He is a national treasure. I enjoy him so much. I enjoy his social media a lot, too. Oh, my gosh. His TikToks are a 10. They are. But, like, here, what is, like, I'm really, I wish Trevor would just come out with it. Make a public statement, my dude. Tell us what your your end game is here. <laughs> He's going to start like <laughs> shucking protein shakes. I got a question. <laughs> Maybe we should make this our poll for the week. Who is worse, Jeremy or Trevor? Ooh, yeah, I like that. Two options. I can't even include Jimmy at this point because he's looking mild compared to these two. <laughs> Matthew looks mild compared to these two at this point. I think for me, the only reason I'm going to pick this person is because I've seen more of them and I feel like Jeremy is just trash. I just, uh, this yeah. man, there's something inside of me that when I hear him talk, I see red. Like I literally, like <laughs> flames, like I can't stand this man. So it's going to be Jeremy for me. Agreed. Jeremy all the way for me. It's the touches of narcissism that we keep seeing. And you know what it immediately makes me think of is how the fuck is Jeremy so confused about Laura's fury? I feel like production had to force them into that little conversation that they had at the lake Same. party where Laura is standing the entire time and he's just sitting there with his stupid ass sunglasses on as he always is just confused like, why are you so upset with me? I don't understand. Like, the way he feigns ignorance as a deflection of his behavior drives me insane. Absolutely. I don't know if production could have talked me into having that conversation with him at that point. Yeah, I have a lot to say on that. I just want to touch on something before we get there because okay. it was really funny to me. Hit me with it. But there's this moment... Where Johnny and Amy are like sweetly dancing in the background. And Chelsea's like, have you met our strongest couple right now? And Jimmy gets pissed. He got a little butthurt about that. Yeah. That was one of the weirdest reactions. Especially for the, the fuck, fights dude? they've had in the tr prior 24 hours. Like, what? What do you mean? Do you hear Johnny confiding in you about like having this level of blowout with Amy? You and Chelsea fight constantly. We've never right. seen Jomini and Amy get into any level of conflict about anything. I feel like the show way exacerbated the birth control conversation just to have something. Right, right. And Jimmy is like pissy because she said that. 
And then Chelsea, being Chelsea, she starts like profusely apologizing while like pretending that she's joking and like doing that baby talk. I'm like, I'm sorry, it was just a joke. It's just a joke. And then Jimmy, like, as all of this is happening, he attempts to eat a hot dog without, you know, seriously injuring himself again. He's just like woofing it down as she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. It was a joke. I hope it was a joke. Nom, 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 nom. Like, what is going on? This is like cartoon level banana pants Looney Tunes. And I just, I I don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. The mixer was actually pretty mild leading up to Sarah Ann's arrival. Oh. I mean, we have the little spot between like where... Chelsea and Jimmy are, you know, making it weird for everybody with their weird relationship rituals. And then we have Jeremy and Laura's conversation. But then Sarah Ann shows up. Yeah. So before we get the Sarah Ann, I have to like loop back around to Laura and Jeremy. Okay. Because like as she was like rattling off comments to him, I was like, yep, yep, yep. She's like, you're a con artist. You have feelings for another person you don't know how to process, and you don't know how to communicate your feelings. Agreed, on all fronts. Yeah, and then Jeremy is like, oh, and you're just going to flip it all on me. And I'm like... Sir, it is all on you. You're the one performing the majority of the bad behavior. The telltale sign of a true narcissist is when everyone's actions are the problem but your own. Like, he sees nothing wrong with the fact of what he did... Until it's pushed to a point where, like, then three days later, he's like, well, maybe we should talk about it. And she's like, no, I'm good. Tries to send her flowers and is like, hey, what's your address? And then is, like, somehow shocked that she was like, yeah, you don't need my address. What? I did think it was hilarious because he's upset that she gave him a rude response. Well, first off, (laughs) okay. But then he says her text didn't say no, thank you. And she's like, all right, then pull it up. Let's see it. And he won't do it. And I'm like, he's he's lying again, isn't he? Yeah. I really bet she did say no, thank you. And he's like, that's not what you said. That's not how that's not how it was. I bet this man is lying 100 percent. I don't think Jeremy expected Laura to be capable of the aggression that she's capable of. And also, I think he grossly underestimated her intelligence. Absolutely. She's played him on every time, calling out his bullshit for what it is. The You know, last week when the interrogation about him being in the parking lot, she just let him walk into that trap. Like, ma'am, that, whew, that was just, she totally annihilated him. Absolutely. <laughs> she really annihilated him there. Yeah. But Sarah Ann. Yeah. So Sarah Ann shows up and it's, you know, obviously ruffles some feathers, understandably. Like the first thing that really sticks out to me about Sarah Ann being there is her conversation with AD. And I got to give kudos to AD for stepping in and being like, yeah, this behavior is insane. It's it's unacceptable. This is this is not okay. And Sarah Ann does a lot of what Jeremy does. She deflects her role in a situation by focusing on everybody else and what they're doing. And she keeps yeah. and she says things like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just being realistic. 
I almost don't even know what to say because I think Sarah Ann's obviously walked into this and I think the moment she showed up, she knew that nobody was going to take her side. Like she came into this probably dreading it, but also wanting to be there because being on camera is probably appealing. But AD just lays it all out. And again, I love her. I, you know what? Get her to be the host because <laughs> I, I don't. I've see seen other Vanessa people say asking that too. These types of questions at the reunion, but AD's like, you don't think that's outlandish? And Sarah Ann kind of cuts her off, and she's like, hold on, I didn't finish my question, and I was like, get her, get her, and they start talking about like being a pick me. I found that and hilarious. Same, same. Because the way that AD brought it up, she wasn't saying like, you're a pick me, but it was like, nobody wants to be one of those. And yeah, nobody wants to be a pick me, but that's exactly what Sarah Ann is. She didn't call her that, but she just laid out the topic and Sarah Ann just kind of walked right into it. Yeah, Sarah Ann doesn't seem to realize the call is coming from within the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got a scream situation yeah and i mean she's adamant she's like sarah anna saying jeremy told me he was breaking it off and ad's like i hear you sarah ann but i think that's kind of crazy it is because if jeremy <laughs> were for real serious about sarah ann why isn't he taking the time to break things off with laura process them process the break off with his other fiance seen as how what he's racked up and lost two fiances in the span of like a month or so what is it about sarah ann that makes her believe that he can just jump from woman to woman and not just jump from like relationships but he's getting engaged to these people and then what right. does she think that he's gonna what jump right in with her and everything's gonna be hunky-dory like that he will never enact any of these abuses on her? Is she seeing what literally the rest of us are seeing? Or is she just seeing things with a very specific subset of blinders on? Oh, she absolutely has blinders on. Because even when she steps aside to talk to Jeremy, she's just like crying about like how, how people mean are everybody is. up on her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's a wild, wild amount of not having self-awareness like there. She even at one point was like walking through how everybody is like, you're going after an engaged man. And you can see the look on her face where as she's saying it, she's like, oh, shit, I'm calling myself out. And she quickly kind of changes the subject again to being like, boo hoo, nobody likes yeah. me because I'm in love. We yeah. carry about each other. No, girl, everybody's like irritated with you because of the way that you're going about this. Right. She's so concerned that everyone's painting her out, and these are her own words, to be a floozy that goes after a man that is engaged. And I'm like, but is that not exactly what you did? Like, rewind the tapes. Like, I, I can't imagine how embarrassed I would be looking back at myself in this moment shame i can't imagine having gone through the pods and him being like well i'm gonna go with laura and then me being like okay well i'm gonna send him a message saying that i'm still open to this it's weird girl it's let weird. things go for now like i i just i don't understand like where her head is at here i don't understand most of her views that she's shared on this show she is mm, 
One thing I do want to say, though, is I am not surprised that it has been this, you know, wild Laura, Jeremy, Sarah, and love triangle because they all have shit behavior. Like, yeah, that's true. It is not lost on me that Laura was encouraging Jessica to do exactly what Sarah Ann is doing to her. But now it's not okay when it's happening to her, but it would have been okay to happen to Chelsea. Right. I do give Laura credit for Blake placing blame with Jeremy and not just blaming Sarah Ann. And Laura's not required to like somebody who disrespects her like this. She's not. But she does at least place the blame where it belongs, and that's with Jeremy. Because he's the one who made the commitments. He's the one who didn't take it seriously. He's the one who's been lying and leading her on. Yeah. I think in this story of Laura and Jeremy, I think Jeremy definitely is the villain. But... He's the villain of the Laura, season. We go back to the bean dip thing, which was just weird. Disgusted. Yeah. I'm that's yeah, that's just gross. But despite the bean dip thing, even AD is like out to bat and be like, look, Laura's my girl. She has this really funny like sidebar where she's talking candidly to the camera and she's talking about Sarah Ann. And she says, I think infiltrating an engagement, whether they are happy or not, is not her place to do. Agreed. And I thought it lacked class. And I'm team Laura. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, I I really love AD. So do I. She's great. But yeah, this this was a catastrophe. Would you have even wanted to go to this mixer at this point if you were on the cast? Because I'll be honest, a part of me would have been like, I may not want to go. Well. But also I want to go and watch everything unfold. Watching this show, like being a day one watcher of this show, this is where all the juicy stuff happens. So absolutely, I would want to be a part and like be on the sidelines looking in at the circus when it comes to town. Right. But there is the side of me where if I was involved... I I might want to stay out of that because Kenneth and Brittany weren't there. I mean, Amy and Johnny seem to like sideline themselves the entire time. Like this is a circus and we're not going to be a part of it. Did you feel like past seasons had had more inclusive mixers towards this time period? Like I feel like in other seasons we were seeing mixers that had like almost everybody there. Oh, yeah. And this one had a really, like, paired back invite list. Yeah. Or people just didn't show up. Right. Like, they were invited, but they didn't come. We only saw, like, the active couples and then a handful of extra people. Of course, we get, like, Jessica and Sarah, the instigators, the ones who have, like, you know, active drama happening within the already coupled pairs. And then I know that we saw, like, a handful of other cast members who were there in the pods that we didn't really get a lot of time with. But as a whole, this still seemed pretty small overall. Yeah, it was. But despite it being small, there was enough drama there for everyone. Oh, there was enough this drama. This was the most uncomfortable. I, maybe it's just because this is like in the South and like Texas South versus Charlotte South, I feel like is a little bit different. It's like a different type of culture, I feel like. I would agree. Where it almost felt like everyone was trying to be, not everyone, but a majority of people were trying to be polite and kind of like stay out of it. 
and not make things such a sideshow. But Sarah Ann and Jeremy, in their complete delusion, just like walked right in with clown shoes on and like it was enough. Yeah. Like, there there wasn't really any need for a Britney and a Kenneth to show up because it was like the circus was already in town. So, I mean, it's I, I don't know. I think that unlike other seasons, this was very small and it was odd, like oddly small. Yeah. The only other comment that I have to make about the the jet ski riding with Jeremy and Sarah Ann, like, I don't know why, but them, like, cutting back from Laura crying to the, the, the like, fisheye lens of them, like, woo, on the jet skis, whoever edited that, like, that was insane. Yeah. Like, that, that was a choice. <laughs> that was an editing decision. Like, whoever came up with that, I just, like, undertones of humor. It was like a Greek fucking tragedy. Yeah. Like, it was like an accidental Renaissance painting. Like, there was so much going on. <laughs> it was just, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was something. Everyone hates us. Let's go ride jet skis. Yeah, they knew nobody wanted to talk to him. Yeah, it was. I mean, Jimmy even doesn't want to be a part of this bullshit. Yeah, it's it is what it is. But was there anything after the mixer, like the wedding dress stuff that we should touch on? I mean, we can. If I'm being honest at this point, them trying on dresses was almost inconsequential to the season for me. <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. They're getting dresses. How fun for them. It was hard to transition from jet ski like nobody's watching to time to try on <laughs> wedding dresses. So we go from like jet ski like nobody's watching right into wedding dresses and tuxes and for me this was like a really flat moment in the episode yeah the one thing I notice is like Vanessa comes in and she gets hugs from everyone and you've got like the full camera shot where you can see her full body that it cuts to the men and, and Nick, then it's Lachey. Nick Lachey he has to beg everybody he to come over and stand by him what a loser what he does is he has everyone move over so that he can like have a speech to them. But what I find telling is he doesn't ever have someone come close to him because that would mean if the camera shows him in a shot with another man, then we'll all know how tall he is based on the height <laughs> of the cast members. Oh, he never gets deduction. a full body camera angle. I never. never thought about that. Every scene that he's in, it's alone or with Vanessa. He doesn't, he's never standing next to another person. I think it's time but, for Nick to step down and let one of the really successful couples from an earlier season take over as hosts. Like Lauren and Cameron would be a good choice. Tiffany and they Brett. They would never do it. Well, yeah. They never. They're, they're delusional. They they suck as hosts. I, I'm sorry. I don't even care. You know what? Like Vanessa, she's nice and all, but like what a snooze fest. And Nick, like not even relevant like his addition to the show brings and adds nothing I don't care I was talking to a friend of mine about the show and she's just getting into watching it and she asked me what the relevance of Nick Lachey from 98 degrees being there she was like why is he there nobody like yeah. liked 
their band back then and definitely nobody likes him now and she goes i can promise you i have not forgotten how he did jessica simpson exactly nick lachey we have not forgotten step off your box and yeah just mosey off into the sunset so we're coming up on the final episode Mm -hmm. and i gotta be honest with you if these weddings don't deliver some grade a drama it's gonna be a disappointing close to this season yeah i'm kind of worried about it because it's gonna be like what what will we talk about if it's just like oh well that happened and i mean the the sweden season was a bit like that too it was like the one episode for the wedding and it was just like okay yes no yes no no yes 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 all right and that's it i guess but maybe there will be some juicy social media drops maybe there will be a turn of events that is very shocking i don't know i just i'm i'm going to feel real bad i i have a gut feeling that ad is just I feel like she's going to say yes. Clay's going to say no. Jimmy and Chelsea, the way that the episode ended, it was like this, is Chelsea going to say yes to this relationship dot, dot, dot? Because the episode closes on her not answering. Yeah, suddenly being like, I need time to think about this. Mm-hmm. She's been like begging him to be this person that she wants him to be. And I kind of hope for her own sake, she says no. Me too. I think that would be a fun twist. I think that would be a good twist if she's the one who's like, this isn't going to work. I mean, set me up with a bookie, but I'm going to go one yes. We're going to see one couple get married and then we're going to have two couples not get married. Right. I would be really surprised if we saw two couples get married and I would be shocked if we saw three. Yeah, agreed. I have a feeling because you know how sometimes they let someone go first. I have a feeling AD will go first. She'll say yes, and then Clay will say no. I have a feeling with Amy and Johnny, obviously yeses across the board. Chelsea and Jimmy, not sure. Not sure. Yeah, not sure there. I think it'll depend on each of their moods that day. Will they get in a fight that day? Will Chelsea be drinking? Ooh, buddy, (laughs) I hope not. I hope not for her sake. Yeah. But that's all I've got. Me too. Okay, so I've got our poll from last week open right now. Let's hear it. The poll was, who do you think is the biggest clout chaser of the season? With 11%, we have Jeremy. With 22%, we have Jessica. And coming in with a landslide vote, Trevor, at 67%. (laughs) Not surprising. (laughs) Too bad we can't send him a little plaque for winning... Oh my god. Congratulations, Trevor. You have won biggest clout chaser of the season. If we ever get monetized, dear we're listeners, that's where your money is going towards. Yep, we're gonna send unsolicited plaques to members of these shows. Oh god. All right. And then for this week's poll, we're gonna do who's worse. Who is the most despicable villain? Maybe two options. We're gonna have two more. options, we'll maybe more. All right. Thanks for listening to Love is Blind, the unofficial podcast. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. But also, please, if you enjoyed it, rate us. We will be back next week to cover the finale and also back after that to cover the reunion. So until then, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.